Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show Nationwide. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, if you'd like to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Barry Loudermilk is going to join me in the third hour of the program today. He's been maligned by the January 6th committee, claiming that he was somehow uh, helping the insurrectionists, uh, so-called insurrectionist plot. Uh, their takeover of the Capitol, which is nothing, couldn't be further from the truth. Even the Capitol Police have rejected the theory and cleared the congressman. And yet the smear continues. But there's another smear happening that I think is as important, if not more important than that one. A high-tech lynching is what Clarence Thomas referred to as the uh, character assassination of him during his confirmation hearings. You do not know what it is like, more likely than not, unless you are one. You don't know what it's like to be a prominent black conservative in the United States of America. I can't really relate to it either because I'm not a black conservative. I'm a white guy. If you're black in this country, you are presumed to be a Democrat. If you are black in politics, you are presumed to be a liberal. To be a black conservative in this country is to reject your race, according to Democrats. They don't like it when you are an independent-minded black man who happens to be conservative, and they really don't like it when you have a lifetime appointment to the United States Supreme Court. Since Clarence Thomas got on the court in the early 90s, appointed by George H.W. Bush, he's now served longer than any other member of the court. When he got on there, Democrats hated him, and they've hated him more and more ever since. And they don't like the fact that Clarence Thomas's wife, Ginny, who I know, I know them both, they don't like the fact that Ginny has long been involved in conservative politics. You know, it's it's funny how uh, Democrats always say that uh, you 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 can't let a woman's husband define her, and yet they define Jenny Thomas by her husband, and they are convinced that they must be co-conspirators and collaborators at all time because God forbid she thinks for herself and has her own job. Have you ever noticed Democrats always stereotype everyone else uh, in ways they say you're not supposed to? The number of uh, Democrats who use uh, gay slurs to refer to their opponents or racial slurs to refer to their opponents, it's, it's actually kind of striking. And with Clarence and Ginny Thomas, they routinely engage in invective against them. Now, Ginny Thomas over the years has been more and more involved in conservative politics, and and I I, I have heard she's aggravated with me for not buying into the stolen election stuff, and she very much bought into the stolen election stuff, and we know that she was trying to get a sense of what was going on and, and urge, having believed the election was stolen, urged Republicans to fight. Democrats who hate her husband have decided to re-up their high-tech lynching of him and drag him into this and presume that he had a conflict of interest, was an advisor to the situation, or involved in a coup to overthrow the country. Now, given what we know about leaks to the United States Supreme Court, 
or leaks from the United States Supreme Court. Uh, if Clarence Thomas were involved in a coup, you and I know darn well some law clerk would leak everything just like they did the Dobbs decision. But they did not. But the latest that's come out is John Eastman, who was the lawyer who came up with the idea that uh, Mike Pence could refuse to certify the Electoral College. And um, they believe that, based on John Eastman's emails, that he had a source at the Supreme Court who was telling John Eastman there was a big fight in the Supreme Court over how to proceed with the election lawsuits. It can't be true. Now, Eastman has come out and said he got that from press reports. I think John Eastman is full of BS. I think it is BSing that he did. And it's not just me. A great many lawyers who are looking at these allegations from the January 6th committee think John Eastman was puffing himself up, claiming insider knowledge that he did not have. Now, if you read the New York Times or the Washington Post or you watch CNN or MSNBC, you're going to hear an attack on Clarence Thomas. John Eastman claims he had inside sources at the Supreme Court saying the justices were in a heated argument over how to proceed with the the election law cases. Uh, His exact phrasing, according to the New York Times, was, um, so the odds are not based on the legal merits, but an assessment of the justices' spines, and I understand there is a heated fight underway about uh, them taking the cases and doing their duty to help Donald Trump. It can't be true. You should know John Eastman was a clerk to Clarence Thomas. He is friends with Clarence and Jenny Thomas. And he briefed Jenny Thomas's conservative group. She has a conservative meeting every week. And he briefed the, that group on the state of play for the election. So I do understand why people would jump to say, aha, Clarence Thomas must be his source of a heated fight underway at the court. Except here's a problem. There were no cases at the Supreme Court. John Eastman made a statement on Christmas Eve 2020, December 24th, 2020, John Eastman wrote that email that there was a heated fight underway in the United States Supreme Court. But there could not be a heated fight underway in the United States Supreme Court simply because there were no cases in the Supreme Court at the time. Let let me just wait. And you don't have to take my word for this. Uh, Steve Vladek is a uh, legal analyst for CNN. He's a law professor at the University of Texas works at a law firm there. And he pointed out the Supreme Court had already dealt with the Pennsylvania case on December 8th. And the Supreme Court had dealt with the Texas case on December 11th. The only thing left were applications to expedite cert petitions, that is, uh, applications to expedite hearings before the Supreme Court. And all of that, all of those petitions had largely been resolved by December 24th. So there were no hearings, there were no arguments, there were no petitions 
before the Supreme Court about the 2020 election at the time John Eastman said there was a heated argument underway at the court. How could there be a heated argument in the Supreme Court about cases related to the election when there were not any cases related to the election before the Supreme Court? And you should know all of those cases had been dealt with unanimously without any dissents, without any public dissents. They had been dealt with, I should say, not unanimously, but by a plurality of the court. We don't know the vote, but we know there were no public dissents. We know not a single conservative filed a dissent in the way the court was handling the cases. But the media, of course, hates Clarence Thomas. They want to discredit the court. They want to discredit Clarence Thomas. And so who cares about the timeline? Who cares about the fact that there were no cases? Who cares about John Eastman being a bit of a crank? This was a good way for them to slime Clarence Thomas. And that, my friends, is what's actually happening here. They're trying to smear Clarence Thomas. I have used the phrase in the past, the island of misfit toys. If you know the the what the abominable snowman movie at Christmas, you got all these these broken toys and they're on the island of misfit toys. That describes the people around Donald Trump. It was all of the political consultants and the 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 political operators on the island of misfit toys, the people in campaigns you always want in the back office licking envelopes. There, so I, I worked on a campaign one time. It was a, a campaign for a congressman, and there was a guy who really, really, really wanted to help. And the guy, listen, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to convey to you the actual situation. Have you ever seen the books about Frog and Toad? He, he kind of looked like Mr. Toad. And his nickname was Froggy. And they wanted to keep him in the back office. They didn't want him out front. He really wanted to be out front. But he wasn't the sort of person you wanted to be out front because he was the sort of person that once he started, he didn't have any situational awareness. He had no people skills. And if he started talking, he kept talking and he wouldn't stop talking and and he couldn't get the social clues that people were starting to step back and walk away. He would step forward as people step back and people were ready to move on to another conversation. It reminds me of uh, Charlie telling me he was at, in an event a while back and, and some guy was like that, and one of the people in the group just very matter-of-fact said, okay, I'm done. I'm going over here now to a different conversation and just got up and walked away. So I was like, man, I wish I was like like as as, as crass as that guy, <laughs> which I'm surprised Charlie wasn't the guy who did it. <laughs> but, you know, there are the people you want to keep in the back room. They don't have the social skills. They don't have the people skills. And you're not trying to be mean. You're just honestly, they, they don't have – uh, relatable skills. They don't interpret other people well and the like. And uh, they're the island of misfit toys and every campaign has them. And they're not very good at being political consultants. They have very strong opinions and no awareness that they're not very good. People don't like to work with them. John Eastman strikes me as he was on the island of misfit toys. The Sidney Powells and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Mike Lindell's and the John Eastman's. You know, uh, John Eastman's claim to fame before the election, he was the, the Kamala Harris truther. John Eastman in Newsweek posited that Kamala Harris might not be able to be vice president because her parents might not have been American citizens or residents in a way that gave Kamala Harris birthrights, even though she was born in the United States. And when called out on this is such a BSP, you say, I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. They always are just asking questions. He ran 
for California Attorney General in 2010, the year Kamala Harris won, and wanted to call himself a, a um, assistant attorney general. On you get to put your qualification on the ballot, and his qualification was he was an assistant attorney general because he helped South Dakota one time take a case to the Supreme Court, even though he didn't work for the South Carolina Attorney General's office. You're designated an assistant AG when you do stuff like that, and so he wanted to run like that. California Supreme Court said, nope, you can't do it. He had to run as a constitutional law attorney. He didn't make it out of the primary. He ran for Congress in 1990, got his butt kicked. Um, he's just, he's one of those guys. And so he's a BSer and he wants to puff himself up and he wants to make himself sound important. He clerked for Clarence Thomas. And that was kind of like the the the, the uh, high point of his life, all downhill from there. And now all of a sudden he gets the case of a lifetime. He gets a case for Donald Trump to overthrow the 2020 election. And he comes up with an idea that behind the scenes we know as of yesterday, he told Mike Pence's counsel it would be thrown out in the Supreme Court 9-0. That's important because it means even he thinks Clarence Thomas wouldn't take his argument seriously. And yet that's what he pursued, a nonsensical argument that he doesn't think even Clarence Thomas would uphold. He had a moment advising the president and he puffed himself up and claimed he had insider knowledge of Supreme Court operations, that there was a big fight. The media is seizing on that, blaming Clarence Thomas. But if you actually look at the timeline, if you actually look at the facts, if you actually look at it dispassionately, you have to conclude he was making it up because there were literally no cases at the Supreme Court at that time for them to even have a fight about. Every case had already been dispatched with no dissents. It's really hard to believe they were having a heated argument about how to proceed with a case when there were no cases. But if you're in the media or in the Democratic Party and you hate Clarence Thomas, well, who cares what the facts are? you got a story to tell, and it's always one against Clarence Thomas. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it. And I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member Fin. Hi there. How are you? It's Eric Erickson here. 
We'll go a little easy on the phone calls today. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on this here program. By the way, you know, you should know, speaking of the Supreme Court, uh, Sonia Sotomayor has spoken out about Clarence Thomas on Thursday evening. She said he is, quote, a man who cares deeply about the court as an institution. That uh, she said, while she disagrees with the conservative justice, she believes that we share a common understanding about people and kindness towards them. Justice Thomas is the one justice in the building that literally knows every employee's name, every one of them. And not only does he know their names, he remembers their families' names and histories. He's the first one who will go up to someone when you're walking with them and say, is your son okay? How's your daughter doing in college? He's the first one that when my stepfather died, sent me flowers in Florida. Um, it's it, it, striking to hear Sotomayor talk about Thomas in such terms because there have been a lot of rumors over the years that uh, they don't get along for her to defend him, particularly in light of what's going on. Uh, is a big tell that we are overstating the issues in the court. And I think that's probably the case. So people don't really know what's going on in the Supreme Court. We, we really don't have an idea. We presume, we pretend that we do and we don't. Uh, and so the result is uh, this fictitious imaginary belief that we have some insider knowledge, and that is what, uh, what's his name, um, John Eastman has run afoul of. Now, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, we got to move on to an infuriating story that one I, I wonder if at some point the Supreme Court will have to deal with. There is a toddler mask mandate in New York City still. Some federally funded programs in New York are insisting through a mayoral directive that if you get these federal funds, the mayor says you got to keep your mask on. The face cover requirement for Head Start programs is in effect for all individuals two years of age and older. There are actually about a dozen school systems in the nation still that are requiring masks for kids. It's absurd. Uh, truly, I mean, honestly, it, it, it really is absurd that we're at this point where masks in this country are being imposed on kids. And, you know, some states are wanting to impose toddler vaccine mandates, too. The whole thing is just genuinely bizarre. People have lost their minds. You would think we'd be over this. But, you know, COVID's coming back. I actually know a number of people all of a sudden who have gotten it again. And it doesn't seem to be going away. Some who are unvaccinated, some who are vaccinated. Uh, people seem to be still getting it. It seems to be picking up in speed. It's just part of people being inside because it's so hot outside. Uh, people are getting it inside. But goodness gracious, uh, it's it's not over with. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. You know what? I'm going to not do what I was going to do. I'm going to do something else. Um, I was going to talk. Yeah, we're, we're, we've talked enough about polling politics this week. Uh, so it's Father's Day this weekend. Is it not? 
It's Father's Day. Uh, I am actually going over to see my dad. Um, I'll go over right after the show. I'll head to the airport. Um, if you're if if you're in the airport in Atlanta, if you think it's me, it probably is this afternoon. Please don't yell at me while I'm peeing. <laughs> Still can't believe people do that. Um, but so I'll, I'll go over. I'll see my parents this evening, uh, and then tomorrow, all day tomorrow, and then come home early Sunday morning. By the way, I, I so I had a listener actually on Twitter say, you, "You talk about all the security and issues. Why would you talk about this stuff on on um, the air and let people know guns and ammo is the answer? Guns and ammo, guns and ammo. We 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 got lots of it. My wife is a is a great shot, as are the kids. Um, I'm I'm not too worried. One day we will have a. A, a lot of property where we can bury bodies and build ourselves a house. <laughs> one day, one day, the career trajectory keeps going the way I hope it is. But nonetheless, I'm going to go see my dad. Uh, I have not seen my parents actually this year yet. Uh, last year, I was able to go over to Louisiana several times and see them. And this year, I was planning on going over for my mom's birthday in January. And then there was a freak snowstorm, bad weather. They got COVID and uh, then I was sick and life has been crazy and I'm finally able to go over and see him. There's some research out that overwhelmingly men in their teens, 20s, and 30s who get into drugs and crime have one thing in common, transcends race, income, everything else. Dads, the ones who get into the drugs and the crime are the ones who do not have fathers at home. You know, porn is something that uh, a lot of guys struggle with, increasingly a number of women, but it, it really is still mostly a, a male thing. I, I have a number of friends of mine who in high school and college struggled with pornography. I know people now who do. I've had friends who have had to deal with it. It it destroyed their marriages. And it is so easy and and accessible online with little accountability when no one's around watching. And people say, oh, it's harmless. You're, you're not – never mind that the, the women in many cases involved are drugged or against their will. Um, a, a lot of the more common stuff you find now is uh, abusive and you don't even realize it. And yet um, guys in high school, in college, out of college, even in marriage, uh, they dabble in it, harmless. I'll look with just one eye. It, it's, it's no big deal. Nobody knows. It's not going to affect. And it actually has a deeply, deeply psychological impact uh, that scientists are more and more coming to understand. And it transcends, again, race. It transcends demographics. It transcends income. Uh, rich men, poor men, black men, white men, uh, all of them uh, have struggles with pornography. It's very, very common now with young men. And did you know that your average third grade boy, will that will be when he first encounters pornography now? That a lot of boys, by the time they are in seventh grade, will regularly interact with pornography. And a very troubling percentage of young men, by the time they are in ninth grade and hitting puberty, are regularly engaging with pornography as a way for sexual gratification. 
it's actually disturbing how many young men in middle school are trading pornography. Some researchers at Biola University studied this, and they found that there is only uh, one common factor among the boys who don't engage in porn. It's actually more common now for boys to engage in porn than to not. And of the young men who don't, they all have one thing in common. And it doesn't matter whether they are black, white, Hispanic, Asian, rich or poor, college-educated family or non-college-educated family. They all have one common denominator. The boys who do not in middle school and high school engage in pornography are the ones who have had their father tell them it's bad. Not their mother, by the way, their father. Fathers matter. A father's ability and willingness to engage with their son on moral issues has a larger impact on a child, a male child's development than their mom, actually. We don't know why, but there is a lot of research that shows that fathers shape the moral character of their sons uh, disproportionately to the way mothers do, even though at an early age, all the research shows boys need their mom more than their dad. Uh, the, the research also shows that their father helps them develop their moral character more than their mother. And in households where there is no father, the moral development of the son tends to go off the rails. That's not meant to slight moms. It is meant to tell you that for reasons sociologists and psychologists don't understand, a, a father actually really is important to the life of a son. Also to a daughter, uh, girls who have dads actively in their lives are far less likely to get pregnant or have sex at an early age. Dads matter. It's Father's Day weekend, and I know there are people who have problems with their fathers sometimes wonder about my kids. You know, I, 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 I've said this before. There's no reason for me not to say it again. I carry a lot of guilt because of my job. My career is not where I want it to be. I mean, it, it's, don't get me wrong. I have a great career, but I really want to do big national syndicated radio. I, I've got about two dozen stations now and we're growing, but it's very slow to grow. We were out of the gate late after everybody else. That's actually helped us to a degree get more attention now as people are dissatisfied with the alternatives. And that's helping us. But it's, it's slow. It's been kind of frustrating. But it's also I, I, I'm my kids can't go anywhere without people knowing who I am. I had a situation I had to deal with this morning with with one of my kids with with another family. And and I, I tried to explain to him. I was like, look, maybe the reaction to this particular incident would have been different, except my kids have literally been chased through the store by a man yelling at them because of what I did for a living. They, at one point, lost all of their friends uh, to bullying because their friends' parents hated me for political positions I had taken. We've had people show up at our house to threaten us. My kids have had to live with, with security. They've had people accost us in public. And so they're very sensitive to these things. And I sometimes wonder, man, my kids might have a better life if I went there. But, you know, the data actually tells me and should tell you that uh, your kids are worse off without you, Dad. In all cases, it seems, kids need their dad. 
and they will go looking for a father figure if they don't have a father. They will. They absolutely will go looking for a father figure if they don't have a father. And oftentimes with girls, it'll be a boyfriend who gets them pregnant and then leaves them. This happens recurrent. I am reminded, not to get theological on you, but just just take the story for what it's worth. Whether you call it mythology, metaphor, real, whatever. Story of Noah in the Bible. Noah and his family get on the ark. The flood is coming. Babylon B is an aside. The Babylon B had a story the other day that that after taking a time machine to the twenty first uh, century, Noah promises to go back to his time and sink the ark. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, there there is the 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 story of Noah in the Bible. Uh, Noah found favor with God. Noah did not his not his wife, not his kids, not his kids' wives. Noah found favor with God. And because Noah found favor with God, his his sons and their wives and his wife were allowed onto the ark to be saved. For denominations that baptize babies. This is one of the, the cases besides Abraham and circumcision that they rely on is um Peter talks about this being the baptism that that Noah's children, uh, they may have been sprinkled with the water, uh, but they were not drowned. Um, and, and a lot of denominations rely on this for infant baptism, that it was because of the parents, it was because of the parents' faith, because particularly the father's faith, that the children were saved. It, was, it had nothing to do with the children's salvation. It had nothing to do with the children. It had to do with the father. It had to do with Noah. These children were able to be on the ark and safe because of the faith of the father in God. He found favor with God. You as a father, all of the sociological research shows have an enormous impact on your children's faith if you're a believer in a religion and also on your children's moral disposition as they grow up. Children tend to rebel against mom more than they rebel against dad, and when they rebel against dad, they tend to return to dad later in life. Nobody really understands why this stuff is. We just know what the data shows us. And there are recurrent patterns as to educational ability, as to crime, as to level of income later in life, as to happiness in life, as to mental health. Dads active in their kids' lives play a huge role in all of that. And also, stepfathers, when there's no father around, we shouldn't be negligent of the people who step in to become the dad when the 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 when the sperm donor disappears it matters greatly so we got father's day this weekend and it, it's just it's worth me pointing this out and reminding you uh dad sometimes you feel like you're taken for granted or sometimes you think you're you're doing more harm than good or sometimes you're thinking that um why am i around maybe i'm making matters worse by being here actually no 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 You may think that, but the data overwhelmingly suggests your mere presence in your child's life sets your child up for the success that a child whose father doesn't stick around won't have. You can be a terrible, bungling, bad father. I know sometimes I think I am one. But the data says otherwise. We have decades now of sociological, psychological data 
about the impact fathers have on their kids. So don't take yourself for granted, and families don't take dad for granted if you can. This weekend is Father's Day. Spend time with your dad if you can. I don't spend enough time with my dad just by virtue of where I live in relation to them and my career, Um, but I'm going to go over and, and take them to lunch tomorrow in Baton Rouge and have a good day. Have some veal parmesan. Yes, I'm going to Louisiana to have Italian food. <laughs> now, I'll get a cup of gumbo. The hotel I'm stayed at, it's the only hotel I've ever stayed at in America that has like the greatest coffee shop in the world and also really good gumbo. So I'll make sure to get some room service gumbo if nothing else. I got great gumbo at the hotel. Um, and they also have a great coffee shop. I hate going to – I'm so spoiled with my coffee machine these days. I have a coffee machine at the house. It's fantastic. And I miss it when I leave. And I almost took it on vacation with me. Uh, and I didn't, and I should have, because it's so much better than anything else I get anywhere else. But, man, this hotel, it's got good Cajun chicory coffee. Mm, my gosh. So I'll have I'll have that, and I'll have a good time with my parents. These sorts of things matter. Dads matter. Happy Father's Day to the fathers out there. I hope you have a great weekend. The show's not over. we got a lot more to talk about. We're going to have Barry Loudermilk later in the show. Also, my friend Sherry Gilligan to talk about state legislatures, because state legislatures on a national radio show, they sometimes – uh, get ignored. We got to talk about them, and I want to give her some prominence too because she's in a fight and uh, she needs some help. And I want y'all to know about her right now. I want y'all to know about Eden Pure, the thunderstorm, the Eden Pure thunderstorm three pack. You can get three of them for less than a two hundred dollars. Each of them normally costs over a hundred fifty dollars. And you're going to be able to get them for less than two hundred dollars. You're going to save two hundred dollars, and you're going to get free shipping. It's an incredible deal from Eden Pure. These things, I've actually got one in my suitcase because, man, the last time I went to Louisiana, I don't know what person was smoking in the car, but it stunk. And I had to use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm to clean it up. I keep my Eden Pure Thunderstorm. One of them, they're small, they're portable, that you can hold it in your hand, keep it in my suitcase, and it's going with me. And you can get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, and one to travel with you or put it in your basement. And it just wipes out the odors. It cleans out the odors. It cleans out the dust, the mold, the pollen. You just wipe it out on occasion. It's filterless. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, EdenPureDeals.com. You put Eric3, E-R-I-C-K-3, in the, the discount code box, and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. You get three of them for less than $200. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric3. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. First Liberty can help you if you need to grow your business. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. $750,000 loans and higher, though. They're, they're doing big deals now. Firstlibertyga.com. Reach out to them. Tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you, you for them. Let's go to the phones. Rooster, you. I hadn't talked to you in a while. Rooster, how are you? Yeah, Eric, I just hadn't had had anything that I really needed to bring to the program. I mean, I, I you've got so many cool topics, and I don't I don't know everything about all the <laughs> topics you uh, talk about. But well, uh, thanks I, for I've, I've had this little I've had this little uh, tip that that's been floating ever since you cut your finger that I wanted to tell you, but I didn't want to call just to tell you about this little home remedy. You know, a lot of times in our society, there are products that work good, but there's a home remedy that works even better. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a tip for you that will work better than anything else about stopping the bleeding. All right. Cornstarch. Really? Put cornstarch on the, on the wound, and it will clot up and make a artificial scab, and it will stay on there and stop the bleeding like nothing I've ever seen. 
And then whenever, you know, like a scab would naturally come off, it comes off and there's no uh, scarring. Oh, I, I, that's, that's actually very useful because, you know, I've got this, I, I wonder if this scab stuff they put on me at the emergency room is like that. That's, that's a handy one to know because um, particularly as I'm traveling this weekend, I, I may need to, I've been worried about this thing pulling off. Rooster, that's, that's impressive. I'm very glad to know that. Well, I mean, the, the cornstarch, you know, when you put it in food, what does it do? It thickens up, it clots. Yeah. You put it on your wound, it'll thicken up and clot. And it will save your life. I had a uh, a grooming wound that would never uh-huh. close up, and it, it took care of. And I looked like a uni- They'd taken my unicorn horn off um, for oh. like a week. Yikes! Um, but anyway, I've got one more tip for you. Ben, All right. You're traveling down there, down down the down to Louisiana. Was it correct? Yep. Uh huh. Um, with it being so hot and just obnoxiously humid and everything. I know you're used to the air conditioning. I know that. But I've got a tip for when you're going to be outside. Get you a bandana and wet it and put it around your neck, and all your blood going through your neck, it'll cool your body down like nothing else. You know, I now I've heard that trip before, or heard that one before. I, I will say this, though, that uh, it's so hot and humid in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you try that, and you just got wind up with just this hot mess around your neck because nothing evaporates. It just... It's so gross. It's so gross. The humidity there is so bad. Listen, I appreciate it very much. 877-973-7425. Yeah, because I'm I'm right on the Mississippi uh, in Baton Rouge. And it is it is a like hundred percent humidity. Uh it's 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 gonna be miserable, but that's all right. We'll be inside with air conditioning. Uh when we come back, have you heard about the cows that died in Kansas? 10,000 cows. I've actually got the story there. You probably need to hear it because some of you are getting played by conspiracy theorists on the Internet. uh, When if you actually knew the story and what was going on, you wouldn't be so freaked out about this. Nothing nefarious that I know of, but some useful data to put in perspective 10,000 cows falling over dead in Kansas.